existence In existence, join the resistance Come on, let's start by talking tactics Have a pass and match this Here's how we practice The last order conversation David Jason Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum, this is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week we're doing... 16 Candles versus Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Both movies, uh, well, one of us had not seen one of these. They're classics uh, that... Let's put classics in quotes. Yeah, we really need to think our rethink our definition of... 80s classics um, <laughs> so i had uh, never seen a 16 candles and people always told me oh you'll love it you have to see it and john had never seen bill and ted's excellent adventure and people said, said to him uh i guess they said you'll love it i don't think i would have said you would love it but no anyway. but they were they were just like shocked that i hadn't seen it more yeah. it was more the reaction yeah how could you not have seen that um yeah so we decided to watch them and uh I don't know. Some some things are better left unwatched. That's what I'll uh, say. <laughs> I I think we are in agreement then, because Sixteen Candles is a piece of shit. Uh, there's lots I have to complain about it. There's lots and lots, and I think a lot of the complaint is the fact that this is held up for 30 years as a teen comedy classic, and I don't understand that at all. And I think my biggest complaint, and I'm I have numerous complaints, but my biggest complaint is the fact that it's called a comedy and it's not funny at all. It's there's a couple funny scenes, but overall, it's not a funny movie. I was gonna say I had a couple laughs when I watched it. Um, anything with Paul Dooley is funny because Paul Dooley can make uh, reading instructions funny because he's a great actor. And uh, I, maybe there's something else that I don't remember. Something with the grandparents, but overall, it was not a funny movie. It was a, a shitty movie. No, the thing I laughed at was uh, it was actually just like a, absurd because. Uh, they were talking about Molly Ringwald's character, Samantha, Sam, uh, and the mom said something like, when you get married, blah, 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 and the the little brother said, who'd marry her? And the little sister said, Mr. T. And <laughs> I was know? just like, well, that doesn't even make sense, but it, that's why it was funny. <laughs> and then, there's one of the complaints right there. The little boy was not was supposed to be a cute, rapscallion, funny little brother, but he was just obnoxious and not funny to me at all. Uh, I guess there's there's a, there's the factor of a different time and different place, but I don't think that's the whole thing. I think if I would have seen it in 1984, I wouldn't understand it because I was 10. But if I would have seen it when I was 14, I would have hated it, and that's why I didn't watch it. So I was right then. So for once in my life, I can say I was right when I was a teenager. See, I liked it. I liked it when I was a teenager. Yeah. Uh, You're stupid. <sighs> well, the reasons I was would have liked it, disliked it then were different. I never liked uh, romantic kind of not romantic like teen comedies that involved a lot of like awkward talking between opposite sex i just it just it just made me embarrassed for the characters and this didn't have as much as, as other movies but it's i still would have felt a little awkward about it and i wouldn't have liked it and well yeah there are there are a ton of problems um yeah i uh, it's weird like it's weird thinking about how much your view changes like i think even at the time the Long Duck Dong character was... I mean, that whole thing... Uh, Viv and I were talking about... Like, even just the way everybody treats him is terrible. Never mind the fact that they, like, hit a gong every time somebody every says his time. name. And, oh, my God. And they had the... Uh, turning Japanese was, was in there when they had the, the kung fu. Everything was bad about him. Yeah, call it, uh, referring to him as a Chinaman. Yes, and this is not 1960. This is this is post-Mickey Rooney, but people should have learned. Yeah, I think... I, I know, well, that's that's the thing, right? I, I think it was all used because John Hughes uh, thought that was just funny, but, but it's really just racist through and through. And I think there's sometimes where I can laugh at, at a racist stereotype in spite of myself, but this wasn't even funny. No. So it doesn't even it doesn't even pass that that test. This is it was just stupid. It was just like like it was easy, but not even it didn't even go for the easy funny laugh. It was just easy. Let's make he has a funny accent. He is a fish out of water, so he really likes sex. Uh, the old people call him a Chinaman. It was not funny in any way. No, and. He, I mean, he almost didn't need to be in the movie. There, he did like somewhat drive 
a plot point or two along, but yeah. But when you described him before I saw saw the movie, I thought it was he was going to be kind of a throwaway character that was barely in the movie. He was in the movie a lot. Yeah, he was all over the place in this movie. He did no, he didn't need to be in in the movie, but the movie didn't need to exist. <laughs> well, it was a like the little brother. That's like a John Hughes archetype. I feel like. Yeah, but I think I don't know. I think uh, when I I think it is like Home Alone is John Hughes. He right. Has some, and that that had the same similar. Actually, Home Alone is a is almost the same movie as this. The the parents forget the main character for some reason or another, and people in the movie are unimaginably unimaginably evil to the main character. Yeah, because they have the same kind of little brother, and so yeah, that, that's true. But I, but he like sometimes at least there's some charm to this obnoxiousness, but there was none to that. Oh, no, that little brother. Kid's just a little dick. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, at least the brother in Home Alone was kind of a dick in a fun way. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's true. The The plot, if there's anybody else who hasn't seen it, is, yeah, her, uh, Molly Ringwald's sister's getting married, like, I don't know, the next day or something. I can't, I don't even know, I can't remember the timeline of this. I think it's all one day, um, or overnight, you know. Uh, her older sister's getting married, and... Uh, so the grandparents are in town, staying in the house, and they bring their foreign exchange student, and uh, everybody forgets her birthday in the hectic shit that's going on with the wedding, and um, and she's in love with some senior who is maybe the worst actor <laughs> ever, although very pretty, but very pretty, very very pretty, which is why he got I think two acting jobs and then disappeared. Uh. Yeah, I know. So I, there's there's lots to delve into about. I mean, things have maybe changed between 1984 and 1988 when I was in high school. But in 1988, when I was in high school, there was a thing called date rape, and I guess it didn't exist in 1984. Nope. And and it was a big plot point in this movie. When was Revenge of the Nerds? It was around the same time. Yeah. No, I guess that was just like. But that's the other complaint I had. This is this is held up as a as a as a touchstone teen film and revenge of the nerds is just seen as like a, a teen sex romp or a college sex romp. This is just a teen sex romp. There's it's not, it's not on any higher level than that. And I think the depiction I have of it from other people and from just talk, people talking about John Hughes as this great filmmaker. And I'm, I'm not going to deny that he's very, he, he has made like Ferris Bueller day off is a great film. Planes, trains and autumn because is wonderful, but this is not great. This is just a teen sex romp. They have the gratuitous nudity. They have the wild, stupid party. It's just, this, it's not good. Yeah, no, I know it's, it's a lot of, a lot of eighties teen shit, like all wrapped up into one. I don't know when exactly it started. Like the whole idea of like that crazy party, the kind of party nobody's ever been to in their life. But that happens in every high school in every movie from the '80s. Yeah, that that is annoying. Um, the I know the nudity actually surprised me. I didn't remember it, but I was like, "Isn't this like a PG movie?" <laughs> Different times. Uh, and and I, I the Molly Wingwall was awesome, and she's a great actress. I mean, even at 15, she was a great actress. She was she was great. And the story is supposed to be about her character, but basically she's hardly in the movie for it to be about her. It's, it's, it's just, Anthony Michael Hall is really a co-starring role. Yeah. And his story is pretty much parallel to hers, ex- except that he is a huge creepoid. He's a stalker, a, like a predator. He's a terrible character. Yeah. And, and he is a terrible character. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And he's also like, she's attractive. You could see it like where he's just kind of the, the nerd, I mean, Farmer Ted is his name, is whatever he calls him anyway. But he is creepy, even, like, the very first scene on the bus, yes. when he comes and sits next to her and, like, puts his arm around her, basically. and He does everything that you would think, like, a stalker, like, a, a, a malevolent person would do. He waits until the bus is mostly empty. He gets as close as he can to her and physically, like, surrounds her. It's a creepy scene! It is. No, it totally is. Uh, oh. The I mean, first time he appeared, I like I took little notes. I wrote creepy, and then every other time I would like put a little mark to, next to it, and it was like ten marks. He was creepy all throughout the movie. Well, that's yeah, and that's like that's just the beginning of his creepiness too. Uh, well, and that was another. I mean, that's another thing. Like she wasn't having it on the bus, you know. She, uh, 
No. Which is fine, but even then, her, like, her, you know, the the time period, ugh. It's another thing where I think he says something like, can I ask you a question? She goes, yes, you're a total fag. Yeah, that, that was another. So that, that word is used in both movies. and one movie, it's used like to make fun of the characters in the movie. In this movie, it's just used as an insult. Yeah. So, so it, was kind of, it was kind of jarring in the other movie, but it was like, well, they're going for something here. But in this movie, it's just this is an insult, it's an insult word. And that was, that was kind of surprising, too, because I remember not being allowed to say that word. Oh, yeah, yeah. Having it in a movie is just... Well, I think it was said, though, at the time. I mean, that was yeah, an insult word at the time. True. It's, but, true. yeah, I know, it is a little jarring, like you said. But, yeah, then Farmer Ted's, his behavior just gets creepier and creepier uh, up to date rape, basically. Well, yeah, well I don't even mean, know what you'd call it, date rape, because they weren't dating. Uh, well, yeah, well, uh, so, whatever you want to call it. But it, it uh, he... Uh, they kind of step it back and it looks like, okay, he's, he has a conscience. He's saying this nice thing, nice things about her. Even, and then he goes and, and sells people, look at the panties for a dollar a piece, which is was degrading. It's humiliating. It's stupid. It's, Why is there yes. a movie? No. And that is super creepy too. And just the idea that just because somebody was nice to her on her birthday, she would let them borrow her underwear. Yes. Like I, it doesn't make any sense. Nobody would do that. Especially when, she knows what he's going to use it for. No, I, but I, I think I kind of forgave that at first because it was like she's saving him humiliation with the friends and he's going to just go back and show it to them. I didn't know that there was going to be more to it. Yeah, I guess. Show it to the friends like, okay, you save face. But no, it was more than that. It was worse than that. So, yeah, and uh, John Cusack was great. His, his character was not as reprehensible as, as Anthony Michael Hall, but it was close. He was also only in it for like three seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. John and Joan. John, yeah, Joan was in it a little bit more, I guess. But she was kind of comic, physical comedy relief. Yeah, weird, weird shit. Just that huge retainer headgear. Yeah. yeah, that also nobody really wore in high school. But the Anthony Michael Hall falling asleep in the car and putting the retainer in—stupid. I mean, oh, that's yeah. supposed to be the joke in that. <laughs> and then the cheerleader who. I thought in the beginning of the movie they were going in a different direction where they where they I didn't I thought it was gratuitous to show her, her showering but they're like describing her in these glowing terms that no one can dislike her but no they just turned her into like she she gets she gets drunk all the time and will do it for anybody or you know it just kind of made her she's not good like Samantha right right not good yeah exactly yeah um no I I, I know there's a lot of like there's a lot of queasy. Uh, morality at play in the movie yeah while at the same time the movie is like has no morality about certain things like racism and rape so it's yeah it's all very weird like it's got the kind of slut shaming so like you don't feel you're not supposed to feel bad for her for anything that happens to her in fact she's happy about it she was so happy to wake up in his arms oh yeah i think the best part about it was waking up in your arms (laughs) no yeah also, she's like easily twenty-five years old. Well, that's that's the only way they could get her nude. I guess so. Yeah, because people under twenty-five never get nude. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I know, I know. I I thought eh. going into this, I thought this was going to be an argument. So nope, I, it's it's hard to I don't know. It's hard to justify this movie in any sense and i'm not really trying to um it's interesting to think like why did this work for me at that time and it doesn't at all now i mean that that happens a lot with with older especially stuff from when you're like younger but this one really is just shocking how how much wrong there is with it and the wrong and not and just not funny is, is what really got me i know and I, I think a lot when I thought about it, I thought of, of a, a teen comedy from a, a like, a, you know, I guess a few years later. But I compared it to Better Off Dead, and Better Off Dead, it didn't get as much praise as this. But it's just, it's a much better movie, and it had, it probably had other moral quandaries that I don't remember because I haven't seen it in a long time. But nothing nearly as bad as anything in this movie. No, Better Off Dead holds up, I think. Not sure. only does it hold and... up, but like they would talk about things like. 
like the the girl in Better Off Dead saying his testicles were all over me, and the joke was she meant tentacles. But it's still they're they're riffing on the fact that no women don't like to be handled by someone they don't like. Right. And in this, they do. Well, <laughs> so and then there's the the fact that the. <laughs> The, the the whole story of the movie is she's obsessed with the senior, so it's it's a fantasy that his in real life that wouldn't happen. And, and for some reason, John Hughes movies are called realistic. It's nothing about this movie. Getting past that, but as far as we know, in this movie, the only time he becomes interested in in uh, Samantha is when he finds the note that says he she'd fuck up. Yeah. So how how is that a good message either? So maybe that's not true. Maybe that that's not the point of that scene. But that's I mean that's what you get out of it. No, that's the only thing you really can get out of it, isn't it? Like, there's no other reason for him to suddenly become interested in her. But he, then later he talks about he wants a relationship, and that looks like... But there's no evidence of that other than that. Nope. Him saying it. Yeah, that's what that's what all guys say when they want to get laid. <laughs> if they think that's what somebody wants to hear, yeah. And then and then Paul Dooley has no problem with his, with, with his daughter on his other daughter's wedding day. And another thing, why... Why is John Hughes so obsessed with getting women so drunk or high that they can't perform function? whatever function? Yes, because yeah. it happens with the girlfriend, and it happens with with uh, Samantha's sister who gets married and has to, because she's on her period, ha ha ha, has to take muscle relaxers, and she took so many, so she can't get up the aisle. But why does Paul Dooley have no problem with his other daughter going off with his senior who's driving around in a Porsche while the the reception for his his, his older daughter's wedding's happening. Why is that just oh, okay? Because they had that talk on the couch, man. <laughs> so he understands. And then as a first date he gets her birthday a birthday cake. I mean, I mean this th- that stuff is not I mean that stuff that is is fine. That's just that's movie Well universe. that's just wish fulfillment yeah type yeah. shit that never happens in real life. So, so I'm I'm nitpicking there. There's other stuff that I have no problem saying is shit. And that that's just making fun of of the genre it's not a big deal but the there's other stuff that we've already talked about and i i, I wrote down a lot but yeah, the long oh here's like a, a good note this is the first time uh, outside of the simpsons i've ever heard someone say don't have a cow so it's not from the simpsons no oh no it's not wait it's it goes back i, I, remember. I didn't know that yeah i heard that in my life there was I mean, a, aside from bart simpson there was a thread about it uh on on this on that forum we we talk about uh cryptically sometimes uh about the first use of it, and and people had like citations going back to like the late sixties or, or even the fifties. I can't remember. Wow. Um, so yeah, it, it was around. I remember saying it. Really, you said it non-ironically. You just you, that was a thing to say. Yeah, yeah. Don't have a oh. cow. It was a thing. Yeah. I had no idea. That, that must that might be a regional thing. It, yeah, maybe it was. It started in California. Who the hell knows? Oh, it probably started somewhere where cows live. Oh yeah, California. Mm-hmm. Mauritius. Well. What was the second one? Mauritius. Um. Yeah, no, there's there's not much to recommend in this. I think I don't know. I I think there were some comedic elements to it. Um. <clears throat> although <laughs> sure, most they didn't work. Most of them did not work. Yeah. You really just the whole idea of like. I'm going to go back to the Long Duck Dong character. Um, It just... There was nothing about it that wasn't like... This is not a human being. This is the other. This is something that's different from... So different from all of us. Like, we don't have to take him seriously. Like, when they're at dinner with him, even. Like, everybody just treats him like a freak. Right. You know? It's it's just like... It's really uncomfortable to watch. Aside from the gong and shit. um, and, And the the accent that is, you know, overdone. And, and then, and, that, and I don't know if this was the beginning of it, but the, the, the stereotype of a foreign exchange student that's sex crazy, that hasn't gone away, has it? Or maybe it has. Well, I know. Well, I think they, they are all sex crazy, but you know, that's because they have, uh, they have better attitudes about sex overseas. Huh. I didn't realize. Yeah. It, this thing did, I, you can see why, uh, he went on to make more movies because this thing did gross uh, twenty three million dollars on a budget of six. So, oh, this, I mean, I have I have no problem agreeing with you that it was popular. I just I I don't. 
And if people were to say this was a, a teen sex romp from the from the early 80s and that's how they describe it, I would be fine with it. But the description I've been given over the years of why I should see it is it's just a it's it's a realistic version of the 80s teens. Yeah, now. no, it's not. And I, I I will give Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink a chance, but I can't. I I hope they're better than this because this was shit. Yeah, I think realistic just in the sense that he, you could see John Hughes did have some empathy for like the the main character and like how she felt. Okay, and it's not necessarily she, he wasn't making movies about the 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 like the, the cheerleaders and the, the yeah star. yeah he was he was the the other people. Yeah, I think that that's more what it was. She was like kind of a misfit but like not really you know she was she felt insecure even though she didn't really have any reason reason to yeah but i mean that's the movie universe the the misfit's not going to really be a a misfit in the real world because it's a beautiful actress but even going with that let's think the misfit in this movie hooks up with like the star football player that's what's so much better about better off dead The, the misfit in that movie wanted to go back with his cheerleader like blonde blonde girlfriend but he he ended up with the foreign exchange student that was looked at as another so the two misfits got to got together and i think that's a better message oh it is yeah no there's all kinds of problems with this i remember when when they're like doing uh pull-ups him and his like meathead friend who's like at least 35 yeah Yeah. um and the and the meathead friend says like maybe she's retarded for like as a just bizarre response to something like it doesn't even make sense and that scene was really weird why were they doing pull-ups where the guy didn't have to like it was just like moving his arms yeah they're just standing up i think that was supposed to be funny joke like yeah that they pan down and they're standing up but whatever it was a stupid yeah yeah and the uh the main character who he's a really good looking guy and you're kind of supposed to root for him but he's an asshole and, and there's scenes in the movie where in another movie, th- these scenes would be the things that you see and that shows why the main character shouldn't be with him. But that's not what happens in this movie. Right. Like when he's basically offering his ex-girlfriend, well, his present girlfriend to the, the high school student and offering him to him. Like I could do, I could go up and do whatever I wanted with her. But here she is for you to do whatever you want with her. Yeah. He, he says to drive her home, he says she's so blitz she won't even know the difference. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, in another movie, that character would be just, that's the character you don't want the main character to be with. Yeah. But for some reason, we wanted those two to be get together. No, I know. Man, this, it, this is, it's, yeah. That, those, and I'm very sorry to everyone who loves this movie, but you should watch it again because you probably won't love it as much. No, you, it, that's exactly right. You you will not, for sure. I'm reading about the the controversy, which the controversy was obviously the date rape and the racially insensitive stereotype of what's the controversy. There shouldn't be any controversy. It's stupid. No, I know. Well, (laughs) here's the funny thing. Uh, Roger Ebert defended him saying the actor elevated his role from potentially offensive stereotype to high comedy, but (laughs) Roger Ebert wasn't always right. No, he wasn't. I I know that. Well, that's my point. That's such a, that's such a funny thing to say because he clearly doesn't. No. I mean, if you if you were comparing him to Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's, he's marginally better, I guess. <laughs> but another character that didn't need to be in the movie that that's actually that movie is actually enjoyable, Breakfast at Tiffany's. And if Mickey Rooney weren't in it, it would be infinitely more enjoyable. Yes. No, for sure. And yeah, th- so this one. The messages are, see, you know, John Hughes came out of, like, the National Lampoon as a writer and stuff. So they, they had that sensibility, just like a lot of the early Saturday Night Live people, you know, of, of let's push boundaries and stuff. But I don't think this was really the forum to put these things in. And I didn't think of it as pushing boundaries. No, I didn't. I thought it, it just, was like, this is, this is what things are like. It was right. Just, yeah, and but still, eighty four seems too late for a lot of this stuff to be happening. It seemed like, and I mean, I guess it wasn't because this is nobody talked about until years later. Yeah, no, well, exactly. Uh, they even somebody even said, like, I'm reading this thing. Somebody like gave the excuse that it only like the the rape date rape scenario was 
just because people were really stupid about date rape at the time. But that's they, that's not that's a cop out. That's it is a cop out. I mean, I, I let's say in real life that this happened. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Oh, just because they were stupid about it doesn't mean it is any is it defensible that it was in a movie. It wasn't. It shouldn't have been funny. It was. There was nothing good about well, it. it no, was, and it she was an object. It was. Yeah, it wasn't really even played for laughs. So I don't really get why it was in there. Yeah, but even on top of that, I think maybe it would have been a little less of. Not offensive, a little less reprehensible. If Anthony Michael Hall's character throughout the movie had kind of been a good guy, been a decent dude, who yeah, yeah you wouldn't have taken like. But he was written as a predator. He was written as kind of as really a scumbag, and that didn't change. So yeah, and it, it seemed like it was going to change because he kept saying, "I don't want to do that. I don't want to drive your car." And then he's like, "Nope." And then there's a scene where he's getting. It looks like he's supposed to be getting a blowjob. He's like, "Now things are getting good," and that's just yeah. terrible. So, uh, and I don't mean to be a prude, and I don't think I'm being a prude. Well, I don't think it's prudish at all. To, I, I think a, a stance against date rape is probably not prudish. <laughs> so, yeah, this is... Yes, these... Well, I'm going to jump ahead and say these movies are both terrible, but for different reasons. I don't think Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures is terrible, so we'll disagree oh, on that. Oh, we're going to... Yeah, we're going to have a major disagreement on that one. Well... Um, uh, not good. I'll agree with. I think calling this is terrible is is a specific reason because I think this is terrible that it's 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 a bad message. It I don't is. Think there's anything harmful about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? I think Sixteen Candles is harmful. Yeah, I, when you think about it, there's really no good message in this at all. No. Um. Even even like her getting the guy of her dreams, um, instead of being empowering, like you said, it's more that he's only interested because she he saw that note she wrote where uh, she said she'd like to do it with him. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't... Uh, you're right. Like, there's... N- and also that if you're a uh, a creep, you're gonna end up getting what you want one way or another. <laughs> and I, I did... I, th- I thought there was gonna be, like, this whole change at the end of the movie because there's a conversation where Paul Dooley's like just remember whenever you're married you wear the pants in the family and I thought at the end of the movie when when the like the good looking guy goes up to her and says do you want to do something and she says no I was like oh this is an awkwardness he's she's wearing the pants and saying we'll do it on my terms and yeah. we'll do it another day but no it's, it's just, just like, a she's just yeah she's just <laughs> stunned and reacting wrong so <laughs> the Paul Dooley speech is it ends up being meaningless yeah so everything everything in this movie is wrong, basically. Uh, I, I know I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, and, and you know, and the, the whole cheerleader, she's just an object. That's another thing. Like, yeah, there's no good... There's nothing good about this movie. It's weird to see it as, like... You know, back then, I'm sure a lot of people saw that as, like, her triumph. You know, she got the guy, but there's really no triumph there. It's all hollow. Yeah, there was no triumph. She didn't do anything to make that happen. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing means anything, and uh, some people, I mean, they're slut-shaming, some people are not worth feeling sorry for. Yeah, I don't know, man. It, you're right, it's, it's bad on many levels. We Maybe we should have done The Breakfast Club. <laughs> well, we can always do this again. Um, yeah, yeah. I know, I gotta, I gotta try to think of, like, movies I haven't seen that are considered, you know, classic. Yeah, it, Really, people who, like that uh, nope. fucking idiot who loved Married with Children and complained about our episode on there. If you love Sixteen Candles, you should go rewatch it because it's it's kind of painful to watch now. And I and would, in, in defense of Bill and Ted's, I don't think anyone calls that a classic. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's it's definitely. Well, I'll talk. We'll yeah, talk so, about it more. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> but this is definitely considered a classic, and it's. Yes. It's 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 all all kinds of best teen comedy lists, and I you know I had to pour through things, but I can think of like off the top of the head, I think of Better Off Dead is better, uh, Super Bad is better, She's All That is better. <laughs> There's lots that are better than this movie. Yeah, it's this movie has like an eighty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes too. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it it's it really just shows how far we've come in our attitudes, I guess. More I than guess. anything. I guess I just. 
I can't imagine this. Well, you say when you saw, but you you were older. I was a little bit younger. It was this, fourteen so when this came yeah. out. Yeah, so I was in the zone for it. Um, right, right. And I probably didn't like. Probably none of the shit that we're complaining about even crossed my mind at the time. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe the racism. Um, although I probably thought it was funny. Although I don't. I also don't remember like going around quoting any of that. You know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I had, I had Asian friends and stuff, so it's not like I was gonna be making fun of Long Duck Dong. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird. Um, <clears throat> a typical comment of a racist. I had Asian friends. Some of my best friends. Uh, yeah, it's really weird to think. Of, well, how much do you think about this stuff when you're 14 anyway? But I do think, like a 14 year old watching it today, would find it offensive, for those reasons. That we that we listed, maybe I don't know. Fourteen's still a little young. It's it's a little young, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I apologize, man. I for some reason I had it. I actually bought the Blu-ray because I mean it was on sale for like four bucks, right? You know, and I was like, so that's how I watched it. I know you rented it from Netflix. Um, and and now I I gotta just go trade this thing in. There's no reason to ever watch it again. Maybe there's good special features. There could be. Oh, you know what's really fucking annoying about the Blu-ray version? So it ha- it does this thing where it like connects wirelessly, so it shows you previews at the beginning that like new previews. Oh, that is weird. It's yeah, it's really bizarre. Um, but still not the worst thing about the movie. No. All right. Have we have we shit on it enough? You want to take a quick break? Let's take a break. Okay, we'll come back with Bill and Ted's. We had a comrade, a brave comrade, he could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero, tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's greyhound racing, steeplechasing. All right, we're back with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, and this came out in 89, so I was 19. And I never saw it because just from the, <clears throat> just from the, you know, the previews and stuff that I'd seen at the time, I thought it wasn't going to be for me for a specific reason. And then it turned out that, yeah, that's exactly what the movie was. So it was a stupid comedy. Is that why? Yeah, or, it's just yeah. not. It's just really not my kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did not laugh one single time when I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember any specific. I think I laughed a couple times, but it wasn't. There was no huge laughs. Now it's not. It doesn't. I don't think it was ever. It was more a teen comedy. So maybe I laugh. I, you know what? I always liked it. They call them so crates that always cracked me up. But other than that, it's not especially funny. It's, it seems like a stoner comedy. Yeah, well, that's the thing, though. It's like when people say, you know, you should listen to The Grateful Dead when you're high. It sounds really good. Well, yeah, but everything sounds really good when you're high. And, <laughs> everything's, and everything's funny when you're, when high. When you're high. So a stoner comedy is not really the the uh, compliment I think people take it to be. <laughs> I can't. I'm not going to defend this movie. I just I just don't want to call it terrible because 16 Candles is, is about 17 levels below this movie. So I feel like if you're going to call this terrible, we have to call 16 Candles something worse. <laughs> well, I would just call them both terrible. No, because 16 Candles is... Rep- okay, 16 Candles to me is reprehensible. This could be terrible. Yeah, there you go. And I, the one thing I do like about it is is Keanu Reeves doing comedy because... He just—he's so stupid. The character's so stupid, and Keanu Reeves just seems to have so much joy doing it. And he doesn't seem to have joy in when he does dramas. It's so—he's always so dour. Yeah. So I'd love to see Keanu Reeves, like modern-day Keanu Reeves, do a like it's a straight-up comedy. I have no problem with Keanu Reeves. No, I don't either. And I, I never have. Like, I obviously he's not the greatest actor of his generation or anything, but he 
seems to do fine in the stuff I see him in. You know, he he's limited, but so what? Yeah, he's better than back. he's better than the uh, boyfriend in uh, Sixteen Candles. That's for sure. Are you still there? Yes. Oh, okay. Just thinking about Jake Ryan's dreamy eyes. Aren't we all? Uh, yeah, no, I have no problem with him. Um, and yeah, he does. He does. You know, he's fine for the role. He does it perfectly. No, I, I don't think you can complain about any of the actors in this movie. It's just what they're given to do. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, well, and... I, I I think I ha- also another reason I like this. I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna say it's a good movie, but I like this movie, and I probably won't watch it again unless some. I need to. It's not something I'll seek out. But I like time travel movies, and I like that they played with time travel in this movie in like impossible ways, and they were they're upfront about it. So I like that too. Yeah, the uh, I couldn't tell um, if the special effects were like deliberately cheesy or if that was just like the level back then, and it was supposed to be impressive. Uh, it's hard to know. There's a lot about this movie that's it's deliberately like, cheesy. Yeah, and yeah. like like using the telephone booths as a way to travel around—that's that's a deliberate anachronism. I mean, th- those weren't around in 1989, so it's like that was deliberately cheesy. Wait, telephone booths were still around? Not really. Yeah, I guess they were maybe in the suburbs. There, it was all like the those. I mean, they even make fun of it in the first Superman movie, which is like 1980. Or yeah, something. no, that's true. That's true. There, yeah, they're all those. Uh, what are they called? Just like. Not booths, or just a bunch of a bank of phones. Yeah, just hanging on the wall. Right. Um, no, that's one, true. One of that my favorite su- superhero movie jokes of all time, by the way, where he's about to get changed and he looks over at the the, the bank of phones and just shakes his head, goes in an alley. Great joke. Hey, you know what? You know what I always wondered? How what? come nobody could ever recognize Superman when all he did was take off his glasses from Clark Kent? That's a really good point. I know. I wonder if anyone's ever thought of that. Before. Probably not. Dumb cartoons or comics. Um, yet this movie is not <clears throat> this movie is not worthy of hate like Sixteen no. Candles is no. <clears throat> or it's contempt. Just kind of, I it's should just kind say. of there and not that good. It's just not very. It's just not yeah good. Like I didn't laugh. I I I mean it's not like I didn't get what they were going for. It's just the humor is is not <laughs> the kind oh, of I stuff that makes la- me I... laugh. I do remember something specifically that made me laugh because of, I think it made me laugh because it made me aware of why something exists. There's this weird subplot, not really a subplot, this weird fact that uh, Ted's mother is like just out of high school. And they, the, throughout the movie, they make fun of like Bill says, your mom is hot. And she insists on being called mom. And then yeah, during... he keeps calling her by her name because they yeah. were at school together a couple yes. of years ago. And it's just, it was just stupid. It made me a little bit uncomfortable. But then during the... The stage at the end. Of the, at the end of the, the the point of the movie is these guys travel travel to, through time to get historical figures to help them pass a class. Which is yes, it's. I think it's supposed to be stupid. So don't worry about that. And at the end of the movie, they have a stage performance with all these historical characters. And while they're doing Sigmund Freud, they he says, "Bill, do you want to lie lay down?" He says, "No, I just have a slight edible complex." And that's uh, that made me laugh. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's probably the the most clever joke in the whole thing. But I mean, they, they, the, the joke was, I feel like they wrote the movie and they said, let's use this land at the end. And, and then they had to go back to the beginning. Well, let's give him a stepmom then. So, yeah, I mean, I will say it's like, it's refreshing, especially after seeing 16 candles, um, that they don't, they don't go for any, like, it's just, it's just kind of a feel good type movie. Like there's, yes. there's none of that, like they're horny teens, but everybody is, they don't take it to any kind of weird extremes or anything. No, no. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I mean, I, yeah, it's not at the same level as, as 16 candles as far as all that stuff. Um, I don't have any problem with this movie. If, if you think this is funny, I, I don't, I'm not going to judge you. I, I just didn't, I'm just not the right age anymore. Maybe back then I liked it or maybe not. Maybe I was just like, we all went to the movies and enjoyed it. And there's just like certain things we could quote, like the Socrates stuff. Yeah, and, no, I, I think the, the worst, the worst thing you can say about it is that it's dumb. Like it's, yeah. it's just dumb. It's not for me. Um, I terrible is just, you know, I say that just because it's something I would never watch again and, and it didn't do anything for me, but it's not, I, it's not hateful for sure. 
and the other thing that's likable about it is I think both Alex Winter, I think his name's Alex Winter. Alex Winter, yeah. And and uh, Keanu Reeves were great. They were perfect. If they were given funnier stuff, it would have been even funnier because they there's nothing they did wrong. They were perfect in the role. And George Carlin was great too. Yeah, no, everybody was fine. And speaking of Better Off Dead, uh, she the exchange student was one of the uh, one of the maidens from the the medieval times. Oh, really? I yeah. Didn't, didn't put that together. Neat. I think she was in everything back then. Um. <clears throat> No, better off dead. I, I, you say it holds up. I, it's probably been ten years since I've watched it. We should do it for an episode because I love that movie. Yeah, I'll, oh, I'll totally watch that one. Um, I don't know what you can compare it to, but I know there's. Oh, it's easy. You just do another John Cusack. Do Gross Point Blank. Oh yeah, that's true. We talked about this before, but it, you just bringing it up just makes me so sad that John Cusack disowns that movie. I know and it's I, really weird. It's it's easily the best movie he's ever done. I was gonna say he's done a lot of shit, and he, he never talk. You never hear him talking about any of them except this one. Like <laughs> maybe he just had a real issue with the director. Although he worked with him again. Yeah, the, right after this, and he didn't seem to have an issue until after one crazy one crazy summer's the the next part of the Savage Steve Holland uh, John Cusack collaboration. Not as good. Had some good parts. Anyway, it was right after it was made where John Cusack started to hate. The director. And yeah. The, and the director's like, I have no idea what happened. <sighs> Who knows? Actors. He, he, he seems like not that nice of a Kuzak doesn't seem like that nice of a guy. No, he doesn't really... Uh, yeah, he, he doesn't seem like somebody you'd want to hang out with. No. Um. But, yeah, I would hang out with Keanu Reeves. In a second. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, th- that's, that's my main criticism, really, is... I don't know. I guess it's fine for what it like. Like you said, the acting's fine and everything. Um, it's just, it's just aimed at, at teen stoners and, and, uh, and that doesn't work for me, man. And they could have done so much more with it, I guess, too. You know, I mean, yeah. they could have made it a lot funnier. But the time travel stuff I love at the end of the movie, where where they're like. All we have to do is use a time machine and come back before he lost his keys and steal his keys and put them here. It's just so stupid. And it is. It's great. And it's, it's, it's all that stuff you think of when you have a time machine. Because, you know, I often have a time machine. I wish I could do that, but then there's a laws of physics to make it so you can't do it. But in this movie, they do it, so it makes, it's, makes it great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, and it's so stupid, I, too. I mean, I think that cracked me up. The, the way they, they solve their problems are so stupid. They make they use a time recorder. And all he says is, do you have a time recorder? Or, and I'm sorry, a tape recorder at home. And he says, why? They don't, he doesn't ex- explain what they're going to do. But then you see, they just use it as bait for the father. I think I'm 45 now. So there's no way this is going to appeal to me, you know? <laughs> I think the more I think about the movie, the more I like it. So I'm going to upgrade it from terrible to to okay. I'm going to say still terrible, just because it it's not funny. But um, and I have a problem. We've spoken of many times. I have a problem with that kind of dumb character um, archetype. Right. Well, like, they they didn't seem like that. They didn't seem that dumb. Because I know what you're talking about. We we edge on that problem with Andy from Parks and Rec. And I thought yeah. they were on the right side of the edge, at least for me. But I know when they get too dumb, it does get irritating. Uh, but but likable. Uh, they so I think everybody probably knows the plot of this too, right? They, so. They're going to fail their history test, so they uh, in the future they're like seen as saving the world. So uh, they, this George Carlin comes back from the future and takes them, tells them to go through time to get all these historical figures so that they can pass their history report and save the world, basically. Which, again, is ridiculous on the face of it because that means nothing would have happened if they hadn't been able to travel through time. And if they hadn't been able to travel through time, that that future would have never existed. So so when does that originally happen? Uh, See, you always run into paradoxes with time travel (laughs) stories. Not always. Yeah. That's true. They didn't... uh... They didn't run into it in uh, the Big Chill, but another John Hughes movie, probably his best. Yeah, yeah. Except, for, oh, I can't say that. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles exists. What's that? I can't say that because Planes, Trains, and Automobiles exists. Yeah, but it would have been his best. That's his best for sure. Um, 
but but what was this? oh yeah so the, so they bring him back and and they I probably missed it but I don't know how exactly Bill and Ted were the saviors of the no, future it's it, not sure. it wasn't explained right it's just their music brings great joy right and that's a, that was a good joke too where George Car- Carlin looks right at the camera and says they get better right because they pretty much just suck. play <laughs> yeah and their their drummer and keyboardist are from medieval England. Yeah, I I don't that was see that was just dumb to me too. <laughs> no, this movie's okay. It's not terrible anymore. It's it's yeah. It's terrible to you. Watch it at your that. watch it at your own risk. You you know what you're like like I said, it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. Like you know what you're getting. Yes. <clears throat> uh I would I think if if it's on Netflix and I was bored, I would probably watch the sequel just to see what it's like. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I would because totally... I feel like the sequel was didn't get as good a press, but I could be wrong. Maybe it did okay. And there has been talk about them making a third movie, and there's no doubt, even if I hated the sequel, that I would see it because, like I said, I want to see Canyon Reeves doing just a straight out funny movie. Yeah, because he's done like romantic comedy. He did that one with. Uh, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock, but it was not like a happy romantic comedy. I don't know. I didn't see it, but from the trailer, it was like he was a widow and he's living in the same house that she lived in and they somehow talk to each other through time or something like that. Yeah, they, they're in different times. I'm sure they somehow find a way to come together in the end. But, but still, it's like he's dour. Yeah, yeah. But I would love to see him. Like this movie, he smiles throughout the whole thing. He's like a cute little puppy. So. Yeah, because I, I, think, I think the thing about 16 Candles is there's nothing to recommend it. And I, the thing with Bill and Ted's is even if you think everything's stupid and you're, you have a, every right to and you don't think it's funny, it's just nice to see Keanu Reeves happy. Yeah, this is a good role for him. And and like the way I tend to think of him, too, like it's kind of the same role as he had in Parenthood. Oh, I, I don't think I ever saw that. He, where he's just kind of goofy in that. Um. I bet, is that the Dax Shepard character from the TV show? I don't know, man. Uh, maybe. Probably. Probably. Dax Shepard seems like he would be good at a Keanu Reeves' role. I, they um, probably changed the, everything around. I think so, because I think the TV show's like heavy drama. Yeah, it is. Um, oh, I've, I, heard, I listened to an interview on that. Um, what's that show I that's, you say is okay? It's with the famous old comedian pod, podcast. With Sam Levine's the oh Sam, with, yeah what's his name Kevin Pollock Kevin Pollock yeah uh, uh, interview uh, Sam Pollock or Sam Levine interviewed Mae Whitman it was great she's she's a very fun down to earth interview it was really nice to listen to wait it was on that podcast mm-hmm oh okay Kevin Pollock oh. is not doing the interviews right now because he's directing a movie in some other country so Sam Levine does it oh I'll check that out then for sure so um, she talks a little just so you know she does talk a little bit about Arrested Development and she's as in love with it as everybody else is, so that's good. But are they going to continue with that? From what I hear, they're not. Oh, I thought they were. I thought they were, too, and then, I don't know, I, oh, it was on Mark Maron, I heard him interviewing Jason Bateman, and I thought Jason Bateman said there's no plans for anything else. I don't know. That stinks. Yeah. She didn't mention anything further, she just enjoyed it. Anyway, she was on Parenthood. She had a big part in that. And there is an interesting story about Taylor Swift in that uh, in that podcast. All right. Well, I'll definitely listen to it, especially if it's Sam Levine doing the interviewing rather than Kevin Pollack. Not that he's a bad interviewer. I just he he's so annoying. It's, Sam Levine is annoying in similar ways, though. Very he is. Yeah. Very but yeah, it's he's a little bit better. I have problems with impressionists. I think is my thing. Does he even do impressions on the show? Kevin Pollack. Eh, sometimes. Yeah. I I feel like. People like him and Dana Carvey and stuff, they're just like, they can't help but slip into. Yeah, but Dana Carvey's funny. He can be. It, it gets old to me after a while. I don't think Kevin Pollack is. I mean, I, have, I enjoy his show and I've, I think I've enjoyed him in some movies, but I, I don't think I've ever found him especially funny. And I've never in my life found Rich Little funny. No, no. And, and if you have, you can watch 16 Candles and be done with you. Yeah, or this. Um,. I'm looking at Bill and Ted's bogus journey, trying to see how it how it went. If I can get past the plot, um, yeah, it's got generally positive reviews, I guess. Ebert g- gave it three out of four stars. 
Um, yeah, and he said it wasn't racist. <laughs> I want to, uh, you know, I th- I think you can look it up. I want to see if if Cisco gets a sixteen candles a thumbs up because Cisco always seemed like to be the better reviewer. Oh man, that's a good. Uh, that's actually I've never looked up any of Cisco's reviews. And I like that Cisco was the one that got so mad about spoilers. <laughs> I loved that show, man. I wish there was something else. Didn't like they, that now. Isn't there one that, with uh, different people? There was on PBS for a little bit, and they, they canceled it because it wasn't doing any good. Mm. Um, Cisco and Ebert. Oh, there is like a, a video of it, but uh, but I'm not going to sit here and watch the video. Oops, sorry. So, who knows? Maybe the comments will tell me. Oh, well, no. The comment says, 16 Candles is my third favorite John Hughes film, only behind Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and The Breakfast Club. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's interesting. Third favorite. That just doesn't seem Why like Why even bring it up? <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. There's not a lot to say about this. There's uh, Jane Wideland from The Go-Go's plays Joan of Arc. I, oh, I didn't know that. I had kind of a crush on her when I was younger. Um and George Carlin, and then just a bunch of people. No, I, I'm really I'm uh, remembering stuff that I enjoyed with this movie. I, I'm glad I, I gave it okay. I, I shouldn't agree with you on Terrible, because the, the entire scene in the mall was so stupid it made me laugh, too. See, it didn't make me laugh. I was just, uh, I just yeah, I just thought it was dumb. I was, I was like, kind of looking at my watch. Uh, oh, it, I love the, 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 so, uh, Socrates and Billy the Kid go up to hit on much younger women at the mall. And Freud comes over and they call him. I forget what they call him. And then they run away. And then Billy Kid looks at, at Freud and says, yeah, you're a geek kid. That was great. All right. One man's great is another man's not great. <laughs> uh, I still would. Uh, okay, let's put it this way. Uh, we haven't done the best the verses in a long time, but. 16 Candles versus Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. We're not here to say one is better than the other or one wins, but uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure wins by a landslide. Yeah, I, I agree. I will. The one thing I'll say in, well, two things I'll say in 16 Candles' favor. favor uh, they're both acting. Paul Dooley, always. Yeah. And I thought Molly Ringwald did a really good job. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, but that's that's faint praise for that movie um we should do a paul dooley episode yeah breaking away man and versus uh popeye oh we're already gonna do popeye versus something are we yeah i can't keep track um yeah what what else is he he's probably he was probably in a ton of stuff like in the 70s yeah um yeah Recommendations. Oh, are, well, we're done with Bill and Ted, are we? Okay. Uh, I yeah, I know. There's. Well, I did want to say like the that. Uh, wait, which one's which? Bill Who's... is. Uh, I knew it a second. I think Bill is Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves is Ted. Okay, so Ted then his dad is a is a cartoon villain too. Yeah, very yeah. over the top. Yeah, which is another another hallmark of '80s teen movies. I yeah. feel like. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that didn't work for me either. But military school is always funny. Or in the, Alaska, the army, yeah, in, military school in Alaska. I think that's what what's great about Bill and Ted's is it it's constantly over the top. They don't try to do anything straight on. It's it's all on purpose, over the top, cheesy. So maybe maybe I don't know about the special effects. So eighty special effects are always bad. Yeah, I, I, know, I don't but... know if those are on purpose or not. But everything else is so so. One purpose. Okay, let's go to recommendations. Asians, 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 Asians. Uh, what do you got? I got to go back to what I I can't remember if we talked about it on air or off air, but Archie. There's a new version of Archie that came out a couple months ago, and it's really good. Surprisingly good. It's by Mark Wade, who's done a bunch of Marvel stuff and a couple independent things, and Fiona Staples, who's the best artist. She does Saga, which is We've talked. I've talked about a lot that it's the best comic out there right now, and and the big reason for that is her art. And she's doing the art for the first three or I don't know if it's three or six, but the first few issues of a like a re a revitalization or a reboot of Archie, where it's not just the stupid corny um, 
like jokes. It's it's an actual it's it reads it reads a lot like a young adult novel, and it's so far really good. It's uh, this this month was the second issue, and the art is great, and the depictions of the characters are perfect. I used to love Archie when I was a little kid, and I used to love really what I loved was Jughead because Jughead was just a really fun stupid character kind of like bill and ted um and i used i would be critical of 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 different because i used to get those archie digest words where like there were stories from archie from all like different artists and writers yeah yeah, and i would be angry at the issues that had art as jughead like they characterized him wrong like he was always known as like a guy who ate like just ate everything and didn't care about girls and was Archie's best friend. And sometimes he would be characterized as a, as a woman hater, which I was, was always against. Cause that's the, he, that was not his point. His point was just like to live life and be calm and have fun and don't get so stressed out about shit. And the way they're depicting him in this comic is perfect. He's not a woman hater. He's just like, you know, you just gotta take things easy. He's, he's kind of just like, just, uh, he's a Buddha. It's, it's a great book and, and really fun. And, and it's nice that, they've taken something that's kind of a part of like pop culture for 50 years and they've redone it in a way that's still recognizable, but is still better. Yeah. I think that's probably the most anybody ever got worked up over Jughead. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll, I don't know. I'll take your word for it. Probably it's not, it's not, I, I don't know. Maybe I would check it out if it's worth the, checking the out. The good. But, uh, <laughs> and then there in the fall, there's actually going to be a reboot of Jughead with Chip Zdarsky. So that might be funny. The guy who does Howard the Duck right now. Oh, which I have to check out the latest Howard the Duck. See if it's any good. Um, All right. I'm going to recommend Show Me a Hero on HBO. Uh, Six-part miniseries from David Simon of The Wire and Treme. And uh, it's about... uh, It's about... uh, Something that sounds really super exciting when you lay it out. Uh, It's about... In the late 80s, um, oh fuck, I can't even think of the town right now. Sorry, I'm I am blanking. Anyway, they they did uh, they forced them to have low put in low income housing. It's like in upstate New York, um, and I don't know why I can't think of the town. But uh, so it's kind of all about that battle, and it's got a ton of people in it. It's got um, Oscar Isaac as the main guy, and uh, and Oh God! What is her name? All right, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up right now so I can stop. Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. It's got uh, Catherine Keener. Who? John Bernthal, the future Punisher. Oh. Whoa! This is good and has Jim Belushi. He's barely in it, dude. Okay. Yeah. Yonkers, New York. Yonkers, New York. Yonkers. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's only it's only six episodes, and it's uh, I think. They're finishing it up tonight as we record this, so uh, I, we've watched the first four. Yeah, um, they show two per night, so it's only like three weeks long. And no, it's really, it's really. I mean, everything David Simon does sounds like it would be super boring on paper, but then it's it's good. Um, but directed by Paul Haggis. Who directed by Paul Haggis, all of them. Yeah. Who's? I'm trying to think of what he's. Well, he's most oh, famous he's now known for right now. yeah, getting out of Scientology. Um. Yeah, Bob Balaban. He's <laughs> always enjoyable. <laughs> Alfred Molina. Yeah, it's uh, Alfred Molina is a great actor. Yeah, he really is. Oh, so this has the future Punisher and a guy from uh, Star Wars. So everything good about it. Yeah, there you go. It's got some, of course, some people from The Wire in bit parts. Um. Yeah. Anyway, that's my recommendation. Asian. Uh, I don't know what we're doing next week. Uh, we might have a guest. Might have a guest, yeah. It's a possibility. Um, but yeah, this was this was well. I I can't say it was fun necessarily watching. It was fun movies, to talk but, about. Yeah, fun to talk about. Um, we'll try to I'll try to think of something we can do uh, another time. We can do Breakfast Club versus something I haven't seen. I know I'm it. Like watching Sixteen Candles made me scared actually to go watch Caddyshack because I haven't seen that forever. I can I'm guarantee like, you, Caddyshack is not as bad as this. Yeah, and I think I, I think a lot of the I don't want to go re, go back on it, but this the, a lot of the problem with Sixteen Candles is it's 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 not described this way. If it was described as a teen sex comp, a romp, I would be like, okay, this this is stupid, but it's not. So, but anyway, Caddyshack doesn't have anything as bad. It does have some bad stuff in it. I know that's, that's what weird, I'm. 
Caddyshack has that weird stuff where they, the girlfriend is pregnant. Abortion. Pregnant. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't think she gets an abortion. She doesn't, but they talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's weird, but it's not nearly as offensive as this. No, is that's it? true. And I know Airplane holds up because I have watched it more recently. So, yeah, they weren't all terrible but and that's the, the thing i we have a constant disagreement about how com- you think comedy does not age like if something comes is funny from long long ago it's never funny and i mostly disagree with that I, I i sometimes think it some some comedy doesn't age but i think there's some stuff that does stay funny so but i think that's the best stuff it's only I, the best the best like Marx brothers I no think that's what i think too funny. yeah i think for the most part comedy doesn't age but there's the good stuff is always good yeah, and I, there's physical comedy that if you like that is never going to age. But if you don't like it, you never liked it, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. But Marx Brothers, I think, holds up. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. Write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Now you do the rest. That's all I remember. Like us on Facebook. Um, rate us highly on iTunes. And most of all, tell your friends to listen. And don't watch either of these movies. Yeah, and if you have to watch one, watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, or can write a fan letter to Keanu Reeves. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yes, and much like a mushroom, he's a fun guy. All right, I guess that'll do it for this week. Uh, until next I didn't time. I did that joke. I didn't either. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Yeah.